Hi guys, um, you're with Now Is Your Time Life Lessons and today we've got Alexandra Smith with us and Alex and her husband Corey had always dreamt of having a big family, they were happily married and just a couple of years ago going into 2016 they had three beautiful children um, all under the age of three which is amazing in itself and hoping to add to their beautiful brood Alex um, fell pregnant again but unfortunately this time it didn't go quite as smoothly so we've asked Alex to share her story with you today her and Corey's story in the hope that it'll help other people out there who are dealing with miscarriage and dealing with the problems and the emotional turmoil that, that brings so welcome Alex welcome to the podcast hi thank you so much for having me that's okay. And I'm going to tell everybody, we've also got Ivy here, yeah. who is the newest addition to the family because this story does have a beautifully yeah. happy ending. So, um, and Ivy's having her breakfast as it is over there right now. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you hear any gurgling and spitting, yeah. it's not me, Cheryl or no. Alex. <laughs> it's Ivy. <laughs> yes, I definitely cannot control when she gets hungry or wants to eat or even sleep sometimes. So here we are. She's in your life. It's yeah. real life, it's yeah. what we're about, so let Ivy yeah. have her food, and yeah. So, so Alex, yeah, so we're going into we're at the end of 2016, just talk us through what's happening at that time, and um, obviously you get great news, so take us to, from your story from there. Okay, so 2016, my husband and I, we've been married for um, five, four or five years now, um, and we had already had three kids under three, and uh, he he was ready to be done. Um, I wasn't quite sure. Even during my third pregnancy, I just had a very strong feeling that I had one more inside of me and I, that's the only way that I can explain it. And, um, after I delivered, he, he had looked to me and he's like, I really don't think I want any more. I think that I'm done. Um, I want to go get a vasectomy. And I was devastated at hearing that. Mm. and told him we had to, you know, just kind of table the conversation because I was too emotional and I was too hormonal postpartum to like deal with that. Um, and he, and I just needed time to kind of come to terms with it. And, um, I was talking with a girlfriend about it and she looked at me and was like, you're going to have another baby. And I was like, please don't say that because I don't want to, you know, be thinking I'm going to have another baby and get my hopes up. And then my husband, you know, be just absolutely against it because I, I have to be mindful of what he wants, mm -hmm. you know, in our marriage and what he's capable of handling and stuff. So I was like, you know what, babe, I just need time to like, I was like, I just, <laughs> what? So I was like, I just need some time to like come to terms with it. And um, he brought it up again about six months later. And at that time, I, I had a, a feeling that I might already be pregnant. Um, mm -hmm. I keep track of my cycle and my schedule on my phone on an app. And we had just gotten new phones and I forgot to download the app <laughs> and keep track. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I think I know what this feels like. So he looks at me and he's like, I think that I'm done. Like, I, I would really like to go and like get a vasectomy. And I was like, um, I just didn't say anything because I already felt like I was pregnant. So I just, I waited until I knew for sure. 
So sure enough, I tested and it was positive. And then I told him and he was very less than enthused. Um, mm. He was just mainly really stressed because at the time um, we, you know, weren't making a ton of money and like it was, it was just a lot to take in. And our, our youngest was only seven months. Mm. And even though it wasn't super enthralling for him, I was super excited because I had always <laughs> wanted a fourth. Yeah. And well, you had only five, so you'd already downgraded yes. your dreams yeah. for Corey. So right. at this point, you're thinking, I've already compromised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in his mind, he's like, um, I only ever wanted two, so I've already compromised yeah. for three. So. He's double, he's already done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love, I love finding like, um, you know, little patterns. And so we have the, it, my, my oldest two are 15 months apart because I got pregnant when my youngest was seven months and this was going to be the same, you know, my youngest was seven months and then I got pregnant and I was like, Oh, they'll be the same age apart as, yeah. as the first two. I was like, it's perfect. And I've always wanted another one and then I'll be done. And we'll like, you'll, you can go get your vasectomy and like, you know, smooth sailings from there. Yeah. So you know, he's still like, he, because he's a man and he doesn't think about it emotionally and he doesn't feel anything like physically either. So, and for my husband, especially like he doesn't really bond with the baby until like, well, it doesn't really click for him that it's real until like he can see it on an ultrasound yeah. and then he doesn't really bond with the baby until it's born. Yeah. Like it's just, it's different for him. So for me, obviously I feel it from the very beginning. So like I, you know, I feel everything, I feel the kicks and all that stuff. And he, he just works differently. So he, he wasn't even, he hadn't even really come to terms with it when I had started losing the baby. Um, he was still like, still just dealing with the fact that we were going to have another baby. And then I started to lose the baby. And then because he also is a very analytical person and he's not super emotionally driven. Um, he felt really guilty because he wasn't grieving the same way that I was like, he, he wasn't crying and like, he didn't feel this like deep overwhelming sense of grief and sad, like he felt grief, but it was, it just manifests so differently for him yeah. and he felt insanely guilty about, you know, not really wanting a fourth baby in the first place and just feeling overwhelmed and stressed about it. And then I think he also felt guilty because he, he felt slightly relieved mm. like when we were mm. losing because he was like, you know, I don't have to think about this now. I don't have to stress about like the money and what we're going to do and, you know, dealing with you being pregnant and mm. then and having the baby and all the other kids and stuff. So I know he felt really guilty about all of that. Um, but he was really open about it, which was good for me because I do grieve. <laughs> you know, I, I feel so deeply and I feel so much. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just like, you know, sobbing every single day and feeling like my insides were being ripped out of me. Mm. And to see him like just kind of being like this, you know, cool and collected, it was it was good for him to be open with me about just what he was feeling and how he was feeling. And 
being okay with how he was feeling and not feeling like, you know, he was a monster that like had no soul because he wasn't crying and stuff. Um, so that I didn't also, you know, make him feel bad about it too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm just going to say it, it's because he's dealing with it in a different way. It doesn't mean that he's not, not dealing, dealing with, with it. it. It's yeah. just sometimes in these scenarios, you can't see it on the surface. So, but that's good as being open with you. It's hard for men as well, isn't it? Because they're sort of sitting, taking a back seat. I know with Mm -hmm. my husband, when we had our miscarriages, it was like, he was like, I'm not entitled to feel anything. It's, you know, almost you are the one going through it. It's your body. He felt guilty even feeling sad because it was like, I don't want to eclipse how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And it's that whole Mm -hmm. guilt guilt for feeling bad when they do feel So it's, yeah. How, How did you manage? You with your other two children, so you've got three, three, well, the three, three. children, yes. sorry, yeah, three children. Yeah. Um, with what you were going through, like, mm. how did you, how did you Keep cope? It up. How yeah. did you cope? Um, I at that point I called on a lot of help. Um, so my husband and I are we're worship pastors at our church, which is thankfully only a couple miles away from our house. And it also has a, a preschool, um, and then it goes all the way up through high school. So our older two kids, they also have like before care and after care for like people that work. You can drop your kids off, you know, before and leave them after school if you need help watching them. So um, I took massive advantage of that. And I definitely have like mom guilt about it because they were so little. And they spent a lot of time in that building at that school without me when I wasn't really working. Um, But I, I couldn't, I just couldn't really, I couldn't keep up with them and I couldn't really deal with it. Um, But so I, I used that a lot. So they, they would go with my husband when he would go to work and they would go to the school and then he would bring them back home. So that was a tremendous help during the day. And even still while they were gone, like, you know, dishes were piling up and the house was a mess because I was just so broken. I, I didn't really care. I was like, I don't, this stuff doesn't matter to me right now. Like I can't, I just can't be bothered. I can't deal with it. I just can't. Like that was like my motto for at least six months of, I just can't. Yeah. So I had that help and we actually, we were brand new to our church. Actually, we had only been there for like six months when Mm. this happened. Mm. So, which put, you know, a huge, I don't know what it is, but it definitely changed me, obviously. And then the way that like, you know, I would have normally been like, had this not happened, I would have, cause I have, I'm a huge dreamer and a, I have all these ideas and plans. And so I was like, great, I want to do this and I want to do that. And this is how I want to help people and, you know, whatever. So then this happened and all of that went out the window. So Mm. I also have guilt because I'm like, had this not happened, like, you know, the people that I'm supposed to be leading and helping, you know, to grow and to move forward, like they could be so much farther along because I would have been in a good place to be able to help them. Mm. so I wasn't really there for that um wasn't really there for my kids wasn't really there for my husband very much and you know we we actually announced it to the church because I I miscarried 
like the day that I had to deliver was on a Sunday morning, which is when we have church. It's the worst day of all time for anything bad to happen for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we had them, I had our pastors announce what was happening to the church so that they could help us out because I just knew I would need all hands on deck. And so people came over and they brought us food and they brought us meals. And I had people, you know, stop by and just like leave off little gifts at my doorstep. And it was just the most wonderful, like outpouring of love and support mm-hmm. to be able to have that. And my parents helped out and Corey's parents helped out because um, they both live in town, um, which was just absolutely amazing. Like calling, like not being scared to tell everybody what was going on so that we could just ask for the help that we needed was absolutely essential for our survival at that point. Like, because there were times when I couldn't get up and I couldn't move because I was in so much pain, like from recovering and from healing and from, you know, giving birth. Because if you haven't had a miscarriage or then you, sometimes you don't realize that like you, you have to deliver the baby. Mm. like you go through a delivery and and it's the same as a normal delivery you know obviously it depends on how far along you are as to how much it hurts or how much you go through but like I woke up in searing pain in contractions in labor at like four o'clock in the morning and you don't get an epidural when you have a miscarriage so I remember that I remember that being the worst part about all of it was just going through the delivery process and then also going through that healing process where like after you have a baby and especially if you breastfeed, like your body um, has all of these hormones Mm -hmm. that help it to recover as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. But when you deliver and you have a miscarriage, like you, you don't really have that much help recovering. It's kind of, it just happened a lot slower. And then also I remember the, just the emptiness that I felt because I wanted, I wanted to hold something. I wanted to nurture something. I wanted to rock my, cause my babies are like my favorite. Like I'm such a baby person. I love babies. And that's why we have four kids because I just, I love babies so much and I love holding them and rocking them. And you know, breastfeeding, like, I just love everything about it. If I could just have, like, a permanent baby, I'd be, (laughs) (laughs) as long as they sleep through the night, so. But like you said, it's almost like an actual, there's an actual lot, there's a gap, isn't there? You want to hold something and squeeze something, your body's telling you there should be something there, but it's not there, and it's just, like, this awful yearning, and it's horrible, it's horrible. Yeah, and I remember feeling, um, I just felt like it was so insane because like, obviously I I had known what it felt like to hold life inside of my body. But then all of a sudden I was like, I'm literally holding death inside my body. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't birthing new life. I was birthing death. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it literally felt like a part of me died. Like a part of me was no longer there. A part of me was missing. I was no longer you know, a whole piece. I like a part of me had broken off. And my youngest at that point was around a year or a little younger than a year, but like 
had started um, not wanting me to like, you know, hold him like a baby or rock him anymore. And I remember needing, needing that. And so I just did it with him anyway, even though he didn't really love it. And he actually is a very, um, like empathetic and compassionate human, Mm -hmm. like just by nature. And like, he's so insanely aware of like what other people are going through. And like, just, he's just aware of so much, like all the time. If I'm like, oh man, I'm really thirsty. Or like, where's my water bottle? Like I'm talking to myself or I'm talking to like, you know, my husband or something. He's two and he'll like run off and go and find my water bottle. I'm like, here, mommy, here, mommy. So like, he... He's going to be a great husband, Dolly. Yes. (laughs) Like the initiative that he takes, he'll just like go run. He'll just go run off. Like he just sees a need and he like fills it. And I'm like, you are going to literally be the greatest husband of all time. Children are so sensitive though, aren't they? Mm -hmm. They really pick up. Interestingly, where you felt guilty at like the kids going to the school with the child. Like for me, that's good parenting because recognizing that you're not able to look after them as wholly as you want to and yeah. doing something about that for me is a, even with the midst of all that grief and physical and mental and emotional turmoil that you're going through for me that was a really responsible thing to do because mm-hmm. it, imagine how much more damaging it would have been for them to see mommy just yeah. lie in bed all day and seeing yeah. the dishes yeah. like you know for you to give yourself that time to heal for me mm-hmm. was sensible not selfish Absolutely. so you know because this, this is still the end of 2016, isn't it, when? Only um, like, this is the very beginning of 2017. 2017, yeah. 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 Um, so, so, so it doesn't end there, does it, obviously, that, that yeah. you have that miscarriage and then... Yeah. I had that miscarriage and then um, I... So, you know, after that miscarriage... Um, you know, the doctors and everybody was like, you know, you can pretty much whenever you're ready, you can start trying again. And my husband, and oh my God, he, like, I don't remember at what point he said this to me, but I feel like it was towards the beginning of the mis because that first miscarriage took about two weeks in total. It does not happen at once. Like it took Mm -hmm. about two or three weeks from start to finish where you know, I started, it actually started off as spotting and I was like, oh, this is normal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had just had intercourse and I poor, I was like, oh, this is totally normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just slowly started growing over time. It went from spotting to like brighter spotting. And then it was like full on bleeding right. and I'm looking, you know, I went to Dr. Google and I'm like, you know, researching all the stuff and everybody, there are so many different experiences and just mm-hmm. you just have to go in to a doctor if if you don't know what's going on so i yeah i read that you know you can you can bleed during your pregnancies and nothing can be wrong with babies so that's that's honestly what i was thinking at the very beginning um but i i set myself up on the third day i i feel like i set myself up for a greater success by I, I text my mother-in-law who used to be a nurse and I'm like, Hey, this is what's going on. I'm not going to try to freak myself out. I know that, you know, nothing could be wrong, but like, do you think I should go see a doctor? Like I have appointments set up for later this week. It was that going to be my first appointment actually, um, because my insurance had just kicked in. So, and that's what I was waiting for to get to the doctor was for my insurance. And so she's like, well, I think you should try to go in as soon as possible. So it's like, okay. So I went in. Um, 
and you know, I told him what was going on and I, I just kind of told myself, I was like, regardless of what happens, like you, you know, have faith, like believe in God, believe in the good, like everything is going to be okay. And so I just set myself up for that before I knew what the outcome was going to be because I, I knew that if I started going to the worst possible thing that could be happening, then it, I just was going to set myself up for failure for an even worse, you know, like healing process is what I mean. So I feel like I did good for myself in that. Um, and then my husband towards, I think it was in the beginning of the process, it was like the night, the first night that I went to the hospital because I had been bleeding for several days. Um, and I, I had to go to work, um, for something we, I, at this time I, I used to sing at universal. So I was, I went to work for a rehearsal they were like designing a new show. Mm -hmm. So I like was trying to learn the show and I was feeling absolutely horrible. Like, you know, I was super lightheaded and I was really weak. And like, there was, I, I pretty much knew at that point what was going on. This was before I had even gotten to the doctor's appointment. Um, and I got there, I could bear, it takes like 15 minutes to walk in from the parking lot. Cause it's like, a, it's a long way away from the parking lot. Um, cause universal is like a huge amusement park. So I couldn't, I, I was super, I was running super late too until all my friends are like jogging to get there as fast as they can. And I'm like barely even walking because I was in a lot of pain and like, I just was feeling terrible. So I finally get there and I couldn't breathe. I couldn't sing. Um, and I sat down and I felt a huge gush and I went to the bathroom and there was so much blood and I'm sorry if this is gory, but this is just trying to be real, tell my story. So I, I just broke down and I was like, I can't be here. I have to go to the hospital. I need, I just, I, I have to get out. So they have like golf carts that the management uses. So I made the management drive me out to my car, drove myself to the hospital. Um, my parents live fairly they lived closer to where I was at that hospital than my husband and my husband was home with all the kids. So I told my parents to come meet me and then it was going to be a really long time because it was like, it was like on, I don't remember what night it was, but it was at night when like everybody goes to the hospital and this was a hospital specifically for women and babies. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and I knew what was happening. And, you know, my parents were super upset because they're like, obviously our daughter is going through, you know, what we are pretty sure is a miscarriage. And, and my dad was just like, don't worry, like nothing is wrong. And I remember, you know, these people trying to like give me hope. And I was so frustrated because I was like, I know what's going on. I know what's happening at this point. Yeah. And you guys aren't, it's not helping me. It's making it more painful. And, you know, obviously they weren't trying to do that, but it was just really hard for the people that were like trying to remain positive, but like in not in a great way, like Mm -hmm. they were like, because after that, so we finally get in and my husband came with the kids and then my parents took the kids to their house Mm -hmm. so that he could be with me, which, um, I only want to be around my husband when I'm going through something really difficult because he and I just work really well together and he's always like just the best presence for me. So 
Um, because I, I want support, but I don't want like in my face support. Like he literally, he's just there and that's all I need. Like, I don't need you talking to me. I don't need you like, you know, holding my hand and stroking my hair and like singing to me or doing anything. Like, I just need you there. That's all I need because I'm very internal about my pain and mm -hmm. I like, I push myself through and, you know, I get through it and all that stuff. So I just need like his presence there to just be that like calm and support for me. So mm -hmm. that was great. Um, and then we get home from the hospital and we don't have any kids with us, I think, or something. I don't know. I can't even remember at this point, but he looked at me and he's like, I just, I want you to know that I, I want to have another baby. Like, I want you to know. Because obviously before he had told me he doesn't want any more kids. Mm -hmm. I broke down and it was just, he was so incredibly smart for like being in tune to that and knowing that like that was a fear that, was that I was feeling and yeah. for him to just be able to like relieve that mm -hmm. and relieve that fear that like this was going to be the last thing that I felt inside was, yeah. was death. Um, yeah. And that was, you know, the, probably the the best part of of all of that and with us and then of course you know just in the raw feeling all of the raw emotions of it and going through all that trauma and stuff we had some we had like a, a huge fight like a couple weeks later and it was just one of the biggest fights we'd ever had in our lives and because we don't really fight that often we have a pretty great relationship but like when you're going through such intense stuff like you just sometimes you don't really know how to deal with it and you just say things and they just fly out of your mouth and like it just gets just lashing out. Yeah. yeah so do you I mean that in itself is so traumatic but within that year you you, you had you, you three times you went through miscarriage oh, yeah so lucky to have ivy so how did you find the strength and the wherewithal, I guess, to keep going because in your head you clearly have that vision of there is one more baby inside me. You said it's like I need to, there is, I feel like I'm meant to bring life again. So, how did you find the strength to do that? That's right. So, I guess I got a little off track. So, yeah. so after that first miscarriage, you know, the doctor's like, you can try whenever you want. Um, so you know, my husband and I talked about it briefly and he's like, you, you know, this is, this is all up to you at this point. Like whatever your body's feeling, whatever you're feeling, like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of ready when you are. So we gave it like a month, I think. And then the next month is when we tried. So this is two months. So in April, so in about April is when we, and I didn't want to like try for a baby. I mm -hmm. wanted to like try but not try like just kind of you know yeah, yeah just not worry about it because I knew if I was like stressing about it and worrying about it like it wasn't gonna happen yeah so I was like you know let's just you know we're just gonna try not to try so and see what happens mm -hmm. and so sure enough I get pregnant the that month you yeah. know the following month I find out um and I told him and and because I I know when I'm pregnant so early like I can spot my symptoms like almost immediately I think it's a gift mm -hmm. that I have because I've just been pregnant so many times and it starts out the exact same <laughs> way so um, but I remember with this one I felt really I felt a little different I felt terrible I was having this really weird like vertigo 
I was super dizzy, which I always get dizzy with my pregnancies because my blood sugar and my blood pressure has a really hard time stabilizing. So like if I'm standing for too long, I'll start to pass out. Mm-hmm. Or like if I haven't had enough, <clears throat> excuse me, if I haven't had enough to eat or I haven't had enough like sugar, my blood sugar will drop and I'll start to pass out. So I always get like a little lightheaded at times, but this wasn't like a lightheaded. It was like a really weird vertigo feeling. Um, and I just felt terrible. So I found out I was pregnant and then it, my husband, the line wasn't super thick because it was like a really cheap like pregnancy test or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know. We'll see. He's always like in disbelief at the beginning when I show him a positive pregnancy. Uh-huh. Test. He's like, it's not real. He's like, there's no way that's real. <laughs> and it always is. But so, um, and then it was seriously so quick after that. It was like within mm-hmm. a week I had started losing it and I was right. I was just devastated all over again. I was like, how, how yeah. is this happening again? Like I've had three completely healthy, normal, full-term pregnancies, amazing deliveries, amazing pregnancies. Like how is this happening again? Mm -hmm. So then after that one and, and you know, that one happened super quickly. So like I had a really hard time identifying it as a miscarriage because Mm -hmm. some other people were like, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't really view it as a loss because it happened really quickly. And I was like, oh no, it was still lost. Like I, I didn't have, you know, a a huge delivery. Like I did with my first miscarriage, of course, because that one was almost three months along, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, it was still like, there was still a process and there was still a huge loss and I was still, you know, expectant and hopeful. And then for that to all be taken away and for it to happen so quickly, it was like almost even more devastating because I got so excited. Yeah. It's the and joy like, and elation and everything. Yes. And somebody says, well, you weren't really pregnant. It's like, well, I was, I was. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, if, and again, you know, they're just trying, they're, you know, trying to help and it's just, you know, you never really know how you're going to, handle those things when people tell you that kind of stuff and and so for me that was just really hurtful because I just felt like I I was experiencing so much loss um so then after that one we decided to well I decided I was like okay well clearly my body is you know going through something and I feel like it needs some time to heal so let's wait for a little while Mm -hmm. we're like okay let's wait um but the next month, oh I was pregnant goodness. again. <gasps> wow. Like, oh my goodness. How was this happening? I'm like, I, I, I didn't want this. Like, I wanted to wait. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I'm not going to get my hopes up yet. I'm just going to, you know, kind of guard myself and guard my heart. And like, because as soon as I find out I'm pregnant, I'm like, okay, let's, you know, design the nursery and let's start mm-hmm. a registry. And, you know, I do all these things. Mm-hmm. So... And I'm thinking like, okay, well, where's this new baby going to go? Where are we going to put the kids? Because we have a four bedroom house with four kids. Uh (laughs) I'm like, all right, well, you know, so I start planning all this stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait. Like, I'll just, Mm -hmm. I'll just wait. So I'm just taking it day by day. And I'm like, all right, I'm I'm like monitoring all my symptoms. I'm like, I'm feeling good. Feeling my symptoms. This is good. Um, And then it's been like, it's been like a week and I'm like, okay. I feel good about this. All right. I'm going to give myself some room to like be excited and to plan and to like accept this. 
And so I did. And so like the whole day I'm like Pinteresting nurseries and like building a little registry and, um, literally the next morning I started mm -hmm. to lose it and mm -hmm. I was more devastated at that moment than I had mm -hmm. been like the entire time because I was so frustrated. I was like, I, I didn't want this to happen for this reason. I knew my body wasn't ready. I knew my body needed more time and I knew we needed to wait. And that's why we were doing what we knew to do to wait. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I didn't want to go through it again. Yes. So then I was like, all right, you know, I was super devastated. I got really depressed. Um, and I didn't really know it. Like it's kind of hard to identify depression sometimes when you're in it. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're just, you're dealing with so much grief and so much trauma and, mm -hmm. And you've also got, I also had three kids to take care of and we had a full-time position at our church and I've got a house and, you know, we've got to buy a new van or, you know, just, just life, just stuff happens. So it's hard to identify sometimes like what it is that you're feeling or what you're going through. So I was like, okay, we're going to wait for sure. We, I did even more. I was like, I'll get on the pill if I have to. Cause up to that point, like I was just so against it yeah. because it, crazy for my body. So we were just using like condoms and like pulling out and, you know, I was using my family cleaning methods. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, well, this obviously isn't working. I need to, you know, get better or you just have to stop looking at me because I keep getting pregnant. <laughs> 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 don't look at me, don't look at me directly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how it happens. Yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure which Bible they're using in your church. We need a chat. This could be the problem, Alex. That's what it felt like. It felt like he would just look at me and I'd get pregnant. I'm like, what is happening? So oh, I was like, okay, before we try again, because I still wanted another baby, but I was like, I've got, you know, my body has to be ready before I, I can't go through this again. I can't do it. I will literally like just, I won't be able to do it. I don't, I, I won't be able to live. So I was like, you know what, let's wait. And then in, I wanted to wait for like a year. And I wanted to go to the doctor beforehand and get blood tests run and like, you know, have them give me a full on exam and just see what was going on. Mm -hmm. And if I needed to like do anything, like any kind of hormone therapy or something before, like I wanted to plan it out. Yeah. yeah. And the um, issue was that, and I had my app and I was being super diligent about <laughs> <laughs> my schedule and my cycle I was like this is not happening again can we have sex wait like at my phone I just mm -hmm. think that's hysterical yeah yep so um so and and because I was you know really depressed like I'm not gonna say we weren't you know being intimate or anything we were obviously but it was different and like my you know drive was fairly low so like mm. it definitely wasn't happening all the time and it also wasn't never happening. I would say it was just fairly mediocre, like an yeah. average amount maybe, or a little bit less, mm -hmm. just depending on, cause my cycles were also really intense mm -hmm. because of the, the physical trauma that my body yeah. went through. It just made yeah. my cycles more intense. Like every time I got my period, it hurt a little more. Every time I was ovulating, it was just like mm -hmm. really painful. So, um, so the thing is my cycle was, slightly irregular where one month it was like, you know, a day late 
the next month it was like two days early. Mm -hmm. Um, and one month it was like, you know, early and super short, you know, Mm -hmm. only like three or four days instead of like five to seven. And then the next month it was like a little bit longer. So it was like a little irregular. Um, but I'm like, well, you can only ovulate like one point during the month and it's, you know, you count it out. Like, it's not that hard to figure out. Like when you're ovulating, once you yeah. like know this and know how it works. So I'm like, all right, this is good. This is great. I actually went out of town for a wedding and I'm like, I'm supposed to be ovulating like while I'm out of town and we hadn't been intimate. Hadn't looked at each other. Corey hadn't looked at you. He had his glasses. He wasn't having a lot. So like, we hadn't been intimate for the couple days leading up to me going out of town. It had literally been like a week before I was even supposed to be ovulating that like we were intimate and I'm, I'm doing my, I do hair and makeup for weddings. So I'm out of town for my, it was actually a friend's wedding and I'm doing everybody's hair and makeup. And it was like a third makeover in and all of a sudden I like, it, you know, it just feels like my brain starts getting fuzzy. Like all of a sudden I like forget which eyeshadow I just used. And like, I have a hard time breathing and like my eyes start getting kind of tingly and I'm like, Oh man, I need to eat something. Like I'm feeling like I'm about to pass out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, it's probably because I'm ovulating. Like sometimes this can happen. Mm -hmm. I feel similar, you know, hormonally when I'm ovulating as to like when I'm on my period or when I'm pregnant or whatever. And that's, like the first sign of when I'm pregnant is feeling that way. And so I'm at my friend's wedding and I'm just, you know, having a good time, whatever, get back into town. And like the feeling's not really going away. And I'm like, what's happening? What's going on? And so sure enough, I was pregnant and I'm like, how? There's no possible way that this has happened again. Yeah. Um, and this was several months after my last miscarriage. Um, I think it was about three months after my last miscarriage, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, okay, you know what? I was like, I'm not going through this again. So, and we, we talked about it because I knew that like, if I lost this baby, then we were done. Like, Mm -hmm. regardless of what happened, my husband and I talked and we were like, regardless of what happens, like, this is the last one. Because I was like, I physically just can't do it anymore. Whether I lose this one or, you know, she or he, you know, at this point, I didn't know. It was like, whether we have this baby or not, I was like, I cannot go through this one more time. So even if we lose this baby, like, this will be the last one. And you're going to go get a vasectomy because I'm not doing it again. I just couldn't handle the idea of you know possibly going through another loss and just just all of it you know having to like figure and it was just there were too many unknowns and too many variables and all of that so because of that I was like all right I'm gonna go to the doctor and I'm gonna get on progesterone because a lot of times that helps women you know they when you're trying to conceive and you're having a hard time a lot of time they'll put you on progesterone um which helps especially in the very early stages so I called and I was like hey a friend of you know this is my history and a friend told me I should do this like would you recommend that she's like yes absolutely like you need to get in as soon as possible to get that started so I did um and I mean I guess it helped I don't really know but Mm -hmm. you know for whatever reason my body decided to 
accept this pregnancy and it went off without a hitch seeming so to speak you know it was my hardest pregnancy of all of them mm -hmm. and I think every day for the last two months I had an emotional breakdown <laughs> feeling like yeah. I was so exhausted and then what made it worse during during those really difficult moments at the end of my pregnancy um and just the times when it was everything was just too because I was still dealing with grief and loss of my mm -hmm. first miscarriages yes. while also dealing with you know the joy of being a new life and it was a lot to handle and a lot to manage on top of you know my three kids who are just crazy mm -hmm. and you know all the housework and you know our job and um I also had to quit my my singing job because I was there the night I didn't hear a heartbeat on the ultrasound like I was there the night that I drove myself to the hospital and found out I was miscarrying and I tried to go back because I was like you know I'm strong and I'm resilient and I think I'll be fine and I went back one day to like kind of watch the show like the new show um just so I could like learn it you know a little bit better and I couldn't retain anything um I couldn't retain the show I couldn't I just couldn't absorb it and um so it's like oh it'll be fine um you know before i go in for like my first shift i'll just you know for the 24 hours leading up to it i'll just you know like go over it nonstop because i'm kind of a procrastinator but i've also been performing my whole life so i kind of like know how to wait to the last minute and then <laughs> get really good at it <laughs> yeah yeah like make it work under pressure You're i'm probably. actually a little bit better about doing that so it's like oh i'll be fine but then right before like the week um, that I was supposed to go in for my first shift, I, I got my first period and seeing all of the blood like triggered me because yeah. there was so much blood during my miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And I just had a huge breakdown and I was like, I, I can't go back. I'm mm -hmm. like, I, there's no way I could go back. What if this happens right before I have to go on set for a show? Mm -hmm. And yeah. then I go on set because I'm, you know, hyperventilating and sobbing. I was like, I can't do that to them. Yeah. And I can't do that to myself, yeah. but it, it was a struggle because we needed the money. Like we can only pay our bills with my husband's salary. Like we yeah. can't afford anything outside of that. Yeah. Like we needed my sal like my income. And, and I told my husband, I was like, I don't think I can go back. And he's like, you have to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. He's like, if, if this is putting like too much weight and strain and pressure on you, Mm -hmm. then he's like, then don't do it. He's like, we'll figure it out. And we always do. And we will always find a way to like get by financially. So like, don't let that be like an added stressor for you. So it's yeah. like, okay. so, you know, I hadn't been working like the, the whole rest of the year, um, which was difficult. We definitely struggled, but you know, we made it work. And at the end of my pregnancy, you know just dealing with everything going on I was like I didn't I felt so guilty because I had all of these feelings of when it was really hard I was like I didn't want this right now mm -hmm. like I I don't want to be going through this this is really hard for me mm -hmm. and it was like I just wish I could have waited longer mm -hmm. because I was still grieving and still 
you know, really emotional and my body was still healing. Like my body still hadn't even healed from everything. And I was like, this is another reason why I wanted to wait so that I could give myself longer emotionally to heal so that I'd be better equipped to handle a pregnancy emotionally. Cause I'm like a crazy person when I'm pregnant, like, you know, who isn't, but I think most people, yeah, yeah that I've met. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, when you came through all this, then you've, you've had this, such a tough year and like as yeah. a family it clearly brought you guys closer together as well and you must appreciate ivy everybody appreciates a new baby yeah. but i think when you've been through such emotional trauma yeah and then you look at this beautiful little life that you managed to produce against all the odds mm-hmm. how would you like what's your advice for people going through that now for people dealing with miscarriage what's what's the one life lesson alex that you want to get out there and pay forward um i think it's just that you can't give up like you can't give up on your dream or your hope or your joy and that's not to say that you won't have moments of defeat or seasons even Mm -hmm. because like i said you know going through all of that in within one year was I mean it was the worst year of our lives and Mm -hmm. it was the worst for all of us because not only was I going through that but like my husband was going through all of this physical stuff as well where he was getting violently ill like every couple months and my kids were in school and they were bringing home every single thing that went around like we had strep throat twice we had you know the flu several times we had the stomach flu we had like just every couple months everyone in my family was sick and I cleaned up more vomit and diarrhea yeah a year's time (laughs) from all of them yeah on top of you know they're they're little and they're growing and they make messes and they're you know you know trying to deal with all of their crazy little emotions and all of that and then me going through all of my stuff and then my husband trying to like just hold everything together by a thread and like he doesn't really cook or clean that great and he's also working a full-time job and you know it's just it's crazy but you know you can't give up and and that's not to say that also that you can't that your dream can't change because we had a we had a point like i said earlier where when i got pregnant for the fourth time mm-hmm. where i don't think if i had lost that baby i don't think I would have felt like I was giving up mm-hmm. by, by agreeing together that, like that, that was our last one. I think it was just like, if we really wanted another baby and I lost Ivy, then I think we probably would have start, started looking into adoption yeah. or maybe even like fostering. And it might not have been right away. It, we might have waited until like things calmed down and the kids are a little bit older and, you know, my body and, you know, I was just doing better. But I think that that's probably a direction that we would have gone in. And I know a lot of women I have a very dear friend who went through several miscarriages and her body just, you know, couldn't really, she couldn't produce, but now she's, they've adopted two kids mm-hmm. and like, they are their children. Like it, it doesn't matter that they share blood or not. It doesn't matter that she didn't birth them. Like they, they are her kids. They're not biological, but they're real and they are hers. And she didn't give up on her dream of, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting them. And she didn't let, you know, the 
extreme finances of adoption or even just the paperwork and the, the I have no idea what it takes to go through it. Yeah. But I know that it's a lot just from hearing stories. And um, I know that it takes so much time sometimes, mm. especially if you're do- adopting from like another country, mm-hmm. but even sometimes with like birth moms, because sometimes you have a mom that, you know, says she wants to give her baby up for adoption. And then at the last minute, she has up to a certain point to decide to keep her baby. Yes. And I know people that have gone through that both that have been on the other, like the receiving end and others that have been pregnant wanting to give up their baby and then wanting to keep it. Um, So don't don't give up is absolutely the message, isn't it? You've got to see, if you've got that vision and that dream, you, you make it happen one way or the other, you make it happen. So Alex, thank you so much for sharing your story and being so vulnerable and brave and raw and, talking about something that is still kind of almost a taboo when it needs not to be we need to talk about it so that women can can share what they're going through as can the men and the husbands in our lives that are going through it with us so thank you so much thank you thank you Ali thank Thank you you so much for having me Mm -hmm.